Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1518. The topic is training and the title is Intensity Techniques and Progressive Set Schemes. So we're going to talk a little bit today about some ways in which you can add more fun and variety to your training. So one of the fun things I get to do is I get to work with other personal trainers. Actually, over half of my clients are personal trainers. And we talk about a lot of various things. So a lot of them, I do their training and nutrition just so they don't have to. <laughs> and they can learn more uh, just kind of seeing how I do things and then steal that for their clients as well. We also get into other types of discussions. So one of the ones I got into recently with one of the clients was they were... They feel at this point confident with being able to create a, a good, solid workout. They're developing the ability to kind of create what's what would be considered like a program, like how they can go like put together a bunch of good workouts and do that for weeks on end to get to a certain end goal. So they're feeling really good with that. And one of the things we talked about recently was now that they feel confident with a structure for training, like a structure of how to address each client's training needs, how do they add more fun and variety to that? So we talked about different intensity techniques and different progressive set schemes, which is what we're going to talk about in today's podcast. So one of the documents that I've helped, uh, well, I created in the sense of helping my personal training clients is available on our website, the concept of training templates. So you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com, and click on the training templates kind of page. And it tells you that basically each training template is intended to teach you how to write personalized workouts in order to complete uh, to create complete training programs. So it's whether you're for yourself or whether you're a trainer or a training director and you want to have consistency amongst all your trainers. But the idea of those templates is it, it has a workout format that you can follow plugging in any exercises that you feel best fits your individual client's needs, but you know that format's going to work consistently. And then it has a ton of extra information about how to manage warm-up sets, select the right weights for the working sets, uh, how to drain it, uh, and manage tight muscles, uh, a whole bunch of stuff, including nutrition programming, technique exercise uh, for exercises, a lot of fun, good stuff. There's three months of programming already written in it for beginner, intermediate, and advanced. So really cool stuff if you want to check that out. So that's what I took that trainer through. I taught them those templates, and now we're looking to add more fun and variety. So a couple common uh intensity techniques that people might know and these are just techniques to modify intensity typically they're to add intensity <laughs> so to make the training more challenging in some way but without adding a ton of time and that's very important to understand is you know if I only have 30 minutes to work out 60 minutes to work out whatever it might be I don't want to just keep adding and adding and adding and all of a sudden I'm in the gym three hours that's not sustainable for our whole life so one common one you might 
find out about or hear about is drop sets. So we've talked about intensity techniques. If you want to check out our older podcast focused on those topics, podcast 1,329 is a training podcast titled How Often Should I Use Intensity Techniques? And we talk about those in there. And then podcast 1,281 is Programming Techniques for Increased Intensity. There you go. And then we also have podcast 1,225, which was an intensity technique podcast focused on rest pause. And there's three different ways to do that. There's actually a lot more. So you can check all those out. If you go to our website, you can uh, get to all the past podcasts. So a common one is drop set. And what that typically means is you're going to go to good form failure with a specific weight. Let's say that you're doing chest presses 50 pounds for 10 reps. When you get to the the last rep that you're like, okay, there's no way I'm doing the next rep decent. (laughs) That seemed to be pretty much the best I could do. You're going to drop in weight and then continue to do more effort. So if you do 50s and maybe you only get nine, that's okay. No problem. So you get nine good ones and you're like, the 10th one's going to be crap, so I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So let me put the 50s on the rack. Let me hurry up and drop down to the 30s and see if I can get more reps. On a typical drop set, you would aim for up to the same reps that you just performed. So if I would do 50s for 10 reps, I would drop to 30s and try somewhere between, you know, 1 to 10. Typically, you're going to do a drop set. You're going to drop enough weight. We're going to get more than one rep. If I had to give you some parameters, and there's no reason why I have to stay with anything too strict, just to give you an idea, is you should get half to an equal amount of repetitions with the dropped weight. So if I do 50s for 10, I'm going to drop to 30 pounds and I'm going to go for 5 to 10 reps somewhere in there. I want to drop enough weight that I can get at least half the reps I just performed with the heaviest weight, but I don't want to drop so much weight that I can do more than the total reps I performed with the first weight. Does that make sense? So if I can do 10 reps, I want to drop to weight that I can get somewhere between 5 to 10. So half to whole. (laughs) So if I did 8 reps, I would drop to something I could do for 4 to 8. If I did 15, it would be crap. Now the math is weird. (laughs) Seven and a half to 15 reps. (laughs) But that's the idea is half to the full amount. And that's the amount of weight you should drop. Now you might have to do like kind of a practice set, then readjust and figure it out. But then once you play with that technique once or twice, you're going to get a really good idea of how to do it for that exercise. Now, when you switch to other exercises, you might have to relearn it again, but that's the fun. The fun part of these techniques is learning your body, learning what you can do. And that adds something new to the workout, something that's of interest for that workout. Now there's many, many, many ways to do drop sets. Two ways I use quite often. Uh, One is a multiple drop set. So I might do, say I can do, let's go with 50. So let's say with that analogy. So 50 pounds, I get 10 reps. I drop to 40, I only get five. I drop to 30, I get five. So multiple drop set could be I drop multiple times. And maybe that's because I don't want to drop all the way from 50 to 30. I'd like to have still a little bit of heavy stimulus. So maybe I'll try the 40s, but I only get, you know, maybe half the reps. And then I'm like, well, I missed out on some volume by training for heavier weights. So let me do another drop and then I can catch up on volume. <laughs> so you can kind of blend between getting enough weight load into the movements while getting smaller like amounts of drop, but getting greater volume so you don't miss out on volume for growth. So... Multiple drop sets is a real fun technique. 
and then I like high contrast drop sets. This is wicked, but super fun. Is I might try, if I'm staying with dumbbell chest presses, I might try dumbbell chest press. I think I can only do maybe five or six reps. And let's say that my goal is I want to get strength, but I also want to get growth. Well, five to six reps isn't great for growth. It's good for strength, but it's not really enough time and attention for growth. So I might get really heavy weight. Maybe I can do the 80s for five reps. But then I'm going to drop a high contrast. I'm going to drop all the way down to maybe 40s. And on this one, we typically do the same to um, like a two, two times. So one time to two times the total amount that you just performed. So if I did five reps, I would go from for a drop in a weight where I can get at least another like five to 10 reps. And I typically actually even go a little more than that. So I might drop to say at least two times the reps. So if I do 80s for five reps, I'm going to drop to 40s, try at least 10, maybe even 15 reps. So the idea of a high contrast is the amount of reps you perform is highly contrasted. <laughs> the, the fun of this is you get all the different muscle fiber types. So you can work on strength, the explosive kind of thick fibers. Then you drop a significant amount of weight. You do a significant more reps and all of a sudden you get into the endurance based fibers, which still contribute a significant portion of growth. Uh, it's like size to the muscle tissue. So I might drop, I could do a set of five, drop in weight and crank out 10 to 15. So that's a high contrast drop set. Super fun. Love that stuff. Now we also have rest pause is a very common one. Rest pause means I'm going to go to good form failure, I'm going to rest the weight, I'm going to pause for a short period of time, and then pick it back up and go again. Rest pause is you typically take a short rest period, somewhere between like say 5 to 20 seconds. It's typically at least half or less of what your normal rest would be. So if you normally rest two minutes, you'd, you'd rest a lot less than that. You'd rest maybe, you know, like five to 20 seconds. <laughs> you can rest up to maybe a minute, but then you're starting to get into what's called a cluster set, not a rest pause. So a typical rest pause, you rest the weight, you pause, get two or three breaths, and then you go right back into it. So if I'm doing like um, a back row, that's actually a really fun one to do rest pause with, is I might do, if I'm doing a chest supported row, I might get to 10 reps, let the weight rest, uh, take two or three deep breaths, pick it back up, and go again. So if I got 10 the first bout of effort, with a short rest, maybe I only get three or four more. That's okay. So the whole point of a rest pause is you just eke out a couple more reps, but you're doing it with the exact same weight. So a drop set, you drop in weight. A rest pause, you stay at the same weight. So you just rest the weight, you pause, and then you go again. Now... There's also multiple drop, uh, multiple rest pauses. So I might go for 10, I rest for 5 seconds, get 2 more reps, I rest for 10 seconds, I get 2 more reps, I rest for 15 seconds, and I get 3 more reps. So you can play with that rest period between 5 to 20. You can rest in increasing segments to get increasing uh, sections of rest pause, like multiple rest pauses. So that's a lot of fun. You can really play with that as well. And then if you... Each, typically in a rest pause, each segment that you do is taken to good form failure. If you kind of sandbag the first couple sets and you don't go all the way to failure, but you do multiple mini bouts, that's typically more so referred to as a cluster set. So I might pick a weight that I can do for 10 reps, but I'm only going to do, say, 6. 
I'm going to do six reps, rest only 20 seconds. Do six reps, rest 20 seconds. Do six reps. All of a sudden, I'm feeling miserable. I rest 20 seconds. Maybe I only get five. Then I rest another 20 seconds. I only get three. So you might do five or more kind of clusters of sets with just a short five to 20 seconds in between. You can even do clusters up to about a minute in between. Just kind of depends on how you want to play with it, whether you want to emphasize more strength or emphasize more growth. But a cluster set is typically means the first few sets of the multiple segments isn't taken to good form failure. Whereas a rest pause, it is taken to good form failure. So each single segment, you're going to get a lot less total repetitions with rest pause under multiple rest pauses than you would with a cluster set. So a cluster set is more of a growth based technique where rest pause is more of a strength based technique. Now you can actually mix those, which is super fun. You can take a a first weight and do a rest pause. Then after the, the, the segment of the rest pause, the second segment dies, you go to a drop set. So maybe I do... 80 pounds for 10, I rest the 80 pounds, I kick them back up after 10 seconds, and maybe I only get 6 reps. Then I drop from 80 pounds down to 60, I try for another 5 reps, and that's my drop set. So I do a rest pause at the heaviest weight, and then I drop weight and do an extra bout of effort at a lighter weight. Now there's a lot of ways to do that. You can actually use high contrast in that, you can do multiples in that, so it it gets pretty crazy. But there's a lot of fun there. There's a lot of other techniques. I know I'm, I'm talking way too long already because I had a lot more I wanted to go through. Uh, but like a run the rack is a really fun technique. Uh, you have to do this usually in a private gym or home gym. If you do this at a commercial gym, you're going to get punched in the face. <laughs> but And probably rightfully so. But a run the rack, a great way to do this is for lateral raises. So essentially what you're doing is you're, you're pressing together your warm-ups into a drop set. What I mean by this is if I'm doing ladder raises, let's say I do 10 pounds for 10 reps, 15 pounds for 10 reps, 20 pounds for 10 reps, and that all of a sudden kind of feels miserable, I might drop right back down to 15 pounds for 10 reps, then right back down to 10 pounds for 10 reps. So a run the rack means you go up and down the rack of dumbbells. That's tip. That's why that kind of name exists. So I might, and I, you can also do that where you stay the same rep count per segment, or you can actually drop in your rep count to push more weight load and mix together more strength and size. So I might have my first weight at 10 reps, my second weight at 8 reps, my third weight at 6 reps, my fourth weight at 4 reps, my fifth weight at 2 reps. Then I go back to the 4 rep weight, back to the 6 rep weight, back to the 8 rep weight, back to the 10 rep weight. Now that is super fun. I love that. And I do that all the time for my shoulders because you blend together a good mixture of heavy weight for strength, a crap ton of volume for growth, and the the high repetitions really pushes your muscular kind of endurance. And then if you take a two, three minute break and you try to do that again, good Lord, you know, two or three sets of that and you're dead. And in only like 12 minutes, you've completely fried out your shoulders. So it's an awesome, awesome way to get a fast, great, thorough workout on a muscle group uh, if you just want to kind of plug it in there for 10 to 12 minutes. So that's super fun, Run the Rack. We also have Slow and Go. We talked about this in a recent podcast. Uh, That's where you start the repetition super slow with a different, like a slowed tempo. And then you kind of go into faster repetitions. So what this might mean is I might pick a weight I can do for 12 reps. I'm going to start with a three-count concentric, a three-count eccentric, until I feel like that's starting to fail, 
which will be way short of 12 reps. Then I'm going to go to a two count concentric, two count eccentric, then a one, 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 one. And what this means is uh, the concentric is when our working muscles are contracting. So if you think of a bicep curl, when you're curling up, that's the concentric portion because I'm contracting the muscle. The eccentric portion would be when I'm lowering the dumbbell back down because my working muscle is extending. So when the working muscle is contracting, that's the concentric. When it's extending, it's the eccentric. Our eccentric portion, funny, funny enough, is actually our strongest portion of the lift. Uh, I'll, I'll get into that here in a second. But what we mean by the tempos is you want to do three seconds on the way up. So if we think of a bicep curl, I'm going to curl for three seconds on the way up. So I'm going to start one, two, three. Then once I'm at the top, I'm going to lower for three seconds. Three, two, one. I'm going to do another rep. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Now going at that pace, there's no way you're going to get all 12 reps if you picked something that you typically would fail at 12 reps at a normal speed. So you're going to start slow. Maybe by the fourth rep, you're like, oh crap, I'm, going to, I'm about to fail if I try to keep this pace. So rather than a three count, do a two count. Go one, two, two, one. One, two, two, one. One, and then maybe you get really close to 12, maybe you got all the way to 10, and then the last two you have to kind of go like like one, 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 boom, <laughs> and you kind of burn out. So you start slow, and then as that starts to fail, you go. You get a little quicker, a little quicker, a little quicker. The idea of that technique is if I have 12 repetitions, maybe I was able to do four really slow. I kind of did a couple medium, then a couple fast. Next time when I try to repeat that same weight, maybe I'll try to do five really slow. So you actually progress the amount you do slow, not your total rep count. So rather than progressing 12 reps trying to get 13 to 14, I'm actually going to stay at 12, but I'm going to try to do more reps slow than I was able to do last time. So that's a real fun technique. Now, getting into the like eccentrics, concentrics, and all that stuff, there's another technique I want to present today that I haven't talked about in a recent podcast, is uh, slow to eccentric finishes. So you can actually kind of emphasize the eccentric portion of a lift to get greater amount of muscle damage so that's a way to increase intensity. So typically when we when we look at the way we perform a repetition the concentric portion is actually the weakest portion of the lift. We're actually stronger eccentrically resisting a weight than we are concentrically lifting the weight. So it's easier for me to resist a bicep curl on the way down than it is for me to curl it up. <laughs> so What's neat to know about that is the concentric is when it fails, that's typically when we stop the exercise. But there's actually this strength portion that we would have in the eccentric portion of the lift that never gets fully tapped, never gets fully exhausted. So you can actually play with it. So one way to do this is um, a cable seated back row. I did this the other day. Uh, I, I did as many concentrics, like normal repetitions as I could. So maybe I got to 10. And then on the 10th one, I was like, by the time I did the contraction, I was like, oh, crap, there's no way I'm going to get a really good 11th. So on the last contraction, I held the full muscle squeeze at the, at the extent of the lift. So when I'm fully contracted, so if you talk, think about the top of a bicep curl, the top of a chest press, when you're doing a cable seated row, it's when the handle's the closest to you, when the working muscles are the most contracted. You would try to hold that position for three seconds. That's called an isometric when, you're, when your muscle's contracting, but it's not moving. So it's contracting to hold its position. That's called an isometric hold. 
you're actually stronger isometrically than you are in the concentric phase. But you're stronger in the eccentric portion than you are in the isometric portion. <laughs> so you can do as many concentrics as you can, good. And then once you feel like you're not going to get a good one, stop and hold the last contraction for three count. One, two, three. And then slowly release the contraction during that eccentric phase for a three count. Three, two, one. Then once you're at full extension, if you can, you can kind of cheat another, like another rep, use a little bit of body English, you know, use a little bit of momentum, get to a full contraction again, hold that isometric for a three count, three, two, one. Then you can release that through the eccentric for another three count, like, um, extent. So three, two, one. So rather than finishing a set when you can't do any more regular reps, at the very last contraction, hold the eccentric, hold that contraction during the isometric for three count, and then slowly extend the muscles through the eccentric portion for three count. Then if you can cheat one more rep, try it again. That's a really cool way to add some eccentric finishes. So that's called a slow eccentric finish. So I do that with uh, my training all the time. I love that technique. It's super freaking simple because you're already doing the repetitions. <laughs> then one more I want to introduce, and I know this is way too much probably, but one more I want to introduce is called a tempo change sets. And what we do with this one is often people will ask me, clients will ask, you know, should I lift with perfect form or should I kind of lift heavy, like not crap form, but let my body, you know, a little, little body English get in there and actually move some heavy weight. So should I do perfect form or heavy weight? That's typically the question you get. My answer is always both. <laughs> so I might start and do one or two sets where I have a super slow contraction, super slow eccentric. I do this a lot when I'm at commercial gyms because I don't like moving pieces of equipment too often. So if I'm on a single piece of equipment, I'll just kind of sit there for a while. Uh, might, might tick off everybody else, but I don't really care. So I'll do one or two sets. I might get to a weight machine and maybe I start the sack at 60 pounds. At 60 pounds, I'll do a set of 10 where I have a three count concentric and a three count eccentric. Then I'll go to 70 pounds for a set of 10. And again, I'll do a three count concentric, three count eccentric. Then I'll go to 80 pounds and I'm like, eh, I gotta go a little faster on this one because it's getting a little heavier. So I'll do a two count concentric and a two count eccentric. Then I'll go to 90 pounds. I'll do a two count concentric, two count eccentric for 10 reps. Then I go to 100 pounds. I'm like, okay, I gotta kind of move on this one. So I'm just kind of moving without too much momentum, but I'm not really counting anymore. <laughs> it's just, you know, like one rep, two rep, three rep, four rep, five rep, six rep, seven rep, eight rep, nine rep, 10. And then I'll go to 110 pounds and see if I can do it again. <laughs> so I'll work my way in the weight stack from like 60 to 70 to 80 to 90 to 100 to 110. And I've done a lot of sets. The first couple were super slow. The second couple were in the middle. And the second, you know, the third couple of sets were done with a little bit of a faster kind of rhythm pace. So that's a fun, fun, fun way. I do that all the time, especially at the very first exercise of a workout. I'll usually warm up with that because it gives me a chance to get a lot of blood flow into my joints by doing the couple first sets that are slow and controlled. So that's a lot of intensity techniques and set schemes, progressive set schemes. And what like a, an intensity technique is a way you just add intensity that day. A progressive set scheme would be how do I improve upon that? 
like next week and the next week and the next week. So we talked about for slow and go, you know, I count how many slow reps I can do. For rest pause, you might count how many mini bouts, like how many repetitions you can do in the mini bouts. Drop sets, you might add, try to add a rep before you drop or add a rep and one of the drops. So you, there's a lot of ways to kind of add to your performance from week to week to week on any of these intensity techniques, you then that creates them as progressive set schemes because you're able to progress from week to week to week. So intensity techniques are kind of like what you do in that moment. What makes them a progressive set scheme is that you have ways to improve each week. So all these techniques can be improved each week. It's super fun. Uh, I love all this stuff. Uh, I'm in the process of trying to create a document that would have educational links for videos for all of these intensity techniques. I'm hoping to get that done within the next month or so, uh, but uh, that'll eventually be available on the website where you'll see a huge long list of intensity techniques and then I'll have a video of me demonstrating it and teaching it and then that way you would learn how to kind of blend these into your own workouts and have a lot of fun in your workouts. So I thought this would be a fun podcast just talk through a lot of these ideas. There's almost an endless amount. So Give these ones a try. I'll wait another maybe, you know, a couple weeks or so, and then I'll make another podcast naming a bunch more. So if you like this, shoot me an email at brutalironjim at gmail.com and say, yeah, that was a pretty cool. Would you mind making another podcast that has more of those types of uh, techniques in them? That way I know that people are actually interested. <laughs> so uh, if you want to know more about uh, training structures, check out our website, www.brutalironjim.com. We're selling all that stuff now. And then if you have any questions, just always reach out. Again, I answer anything for free in this podcast. So just let me know what questions you have and I'll make a podcast for you. Well, if you like our podcast, please share it. If you share it on social media, let people know that we'll answer their questions for free. Even if you just share it in a conversation, that's great as well. We just want people to know that the podcast is available and it can help them. Thank you to those who support the podcast financially. Uh, we do accept donations on our website at www.brutalirongym.com. You can do one-time donation, monthly donation, yearly donations. The hosting costs for the website are well over $1,000 a year. I give an hour to it every day, and we're going to keep it for free. So thank you to those who donate to help that. If you like the information we share in our podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. I post on Instagram every day. I'm posting a lot more on YouTube, so please check out both of those places. And then if you have any questions, feedback, suggestions, anything you want to know, let us know at our email brutalironjim at gmail.com. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.